Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again on the HHC as we continue our introductions to the Hornets draft class from the 2021 NBA draft. We are into the second round, and today we will meet JT Thor, forward out of Auburn University, helping me break him down and talk about some other news and notes around the Hornets here and see his work all the time on Hornets.com, Sam Purley. And Sam, before we start on JT, let's begin with uh, our continued catch-up on the uh, news of yesterday. Again, mentioned it yesterday. When we stopped recording these podcasts at 1 in the morning, we kind of opened ourselves up to things happening after we record stuff. So two days ago now, we got the news that Arnoldus Kuboka and Scotty Lewis are the two-way contracts for the Hornets. It's an important designation. This is the time of year the teams typically put these out there but it's an important designation because these guys are on the roster but are really targeted towards Greensboro it means they're both going to be here the entire year to give us a little bit more of the detail on what the two-way contract designation means for these two in particular and in general for the franchise yeah so two-way contract was a little bit different last year because of the pandemic and I think they didn't really have a normalized G League season. It was in the bubble, but typically a two-way contract is each team is allowed two guys and they are allowed to be on the NBA roster for 45 days every year getting an NBA prorated salary, whatever the minimum deal is for that day for each one of those days. And the rest of the time they would spend in Greensboro. So um, they can kind of go up and down very easily, get exposure at the NBA level, be around the team for those 45 days, which is a pretty considerable amount. And then the rest of the time they'd be playing in Greensboro normally, just playing, practicing, things like that. So it just makes it a little bit more of a fluid situation for these two guys to kind of go up and down a little bit and sort of a more advanced position designation than has been in past in the G League. I think the two-way contract is maybe this is going on to its fourth season. So overall, I think it's been a really good thing for these situations. So yeah, and, and adding Scotty and Arnoldis, I think it just gives them a, you know, solidifies them in those positions, gives them a little bit of, uh, I don't know if comfort is the word, but knowing what role they're going to have going into this season. And other players can still go to the G League roster. We could see JT Thor, who we'll talk about shortly on that roster. We could see Kai Jones, quite frankly, we could see James Booknight on the G League roster at at any given time. This is purely how it's designated, how it counts towards their pay, as well as the roster spots for Charlotte. Interesting to see Arnoldus Kuboka there. It means he's coming stateside for this coming season. Yeah, and it's uh, one more thing on the two-way contract that's important that I forgot to mention. So normally in a G League situation, if you just have guys on the swarm, other teams can take them and put them on their roster. So you could have the Detroit Pistons want to need a player. They can go to the Greensboro Swarm, who's just an affiliate guy, I believe, and put them on their roster. Alnardis and Scotty are off limits. They are strictly Hornets guys. They cannot move to any other teams. They're solely you know, under contract with the Hornets, so they can't go to any other clubs. So that's good. It gives the team a little bit of security. And yeah, I know. I remember when our all this was drafted. I don't think we anybody here knew too much about him. Knew he was playing. I think in the time in Italy, he was under contract with a team in Germany. Good shooter. We saw him at summer league a couple years. He's been at summer league actually each of the last two years we've had it. Um, and this past season, I think was playing for Bilbao in Spain. The Liga ACB is one of the more probably the most competitive domestic league in Europe. And I think he shot over forty one percent from three point range. Is one of the best in the league for a guy that had I think one hundred and fifty tries or something. So really interesting because usually with these draft and stash guys, they don't ever come. 
over. It's just it's just whatever reason it doesn't work out, money, things like that. Development staggers a little bit in Europe. So Mitch has had a good track record of kind of finding guys in the second round. And this guy, Arnoldus, is clearly taking a very different path, but it's exciting. It's intriguing. I'm not saying he's going to make a major, major contribution this year, but you've got a guy that's clearly showing promise in development and bringing him over is clearly uh, encouraging. And from a couple of years ago when he was drafted to now, he's clearly put on a little bit of weight, looks a, a, a little bit more physically mature. He's grown a little bit. I think he was listed 6'9 or, or so when he was drafted. He's up to 6'10 based off the last roster I saw. So hopefully that seasoning over there in Europe did him well. Time now to start talking about JT Thorne. We will talk to the Hornets' second-round pick out of Auburn shortly. This is a guy that I think just in general, the move to get him, anytime you're going from roughly 57 to 37 with no other penalty, uh, it's one of the strange things about the NBA as opposed to other drafts out there. Most people, I would say, would think of the NFL. You know, a second-round pick is an extremely valuable thing. There is a high cost to pay. But in the NBA, there seems to be uh, more of an appetite to say, hey, we don't need the roster spot. You want the roster spot. We have other priorities on why we want this deal to go through. And so, sure, go ahead and move up 20 spots for uh, essentially the later pick that you're giving back to us. Yeah, and you look at that position where the Hornets got Thor, I think, I think we talked about on draft night, Thor was a maybe, if you look at a lot of projections and NBA draft guys and who do this stuff for a living, I think maybe he was kind of slotted into that late first round. So you move up to a pick in the 30s, there's a good chance you're going to find a guy that a lot of teams had rated in the first round. So I think it's a really good addition. I think he's clearly got a lot of raw potential and talent. He reclassified into his previous high school class. So he's actually very, I think he was one of the youngest players in basketball last year, college basketball. I think he only turns 19 later this month. So I think there's a number of different routes you can go with him in terms of what do you want to play? Is he a stretch four? Is he a three guy? Can he play small ball five? But, you know, he does need some work. He needs a lot of playing time in Greensboro, adding weight physically. But the good thing is he's only 18 years old. So you got a lot of time. And I think it's a, you know, the potential and the upside is definitely there. Fits it kind of in the mold of that Kai Jones pick. Although I think Kai is maybe just obviously a little bit further ahead than than JT is right now. And one other element to what you were talking about in, in terms of where he was rated on some draft boards, this was considered an extremely deep draft. And as I've said on previous podcasts, I don't buy in so much to at this stage of the game saying, well, this was clearly an extremely deep draft. I don't think you can base that off what the number one, two or three picks do, or you know, it, it'll be determined over the next five to 10 years just how good this draft was. But all that being said, while I don't put a lot of stock into that, a lot of other people do. And many have said that this was an extraordinarily deep draft in terms of potential all-stars, potential starters, potential rotation players in the NBA. And that's part of the reason why JT Thor, if you want to say slip to the second round, you, you could. If you looked at him in another draft or his draft profile, he probably is drafted higher. So I say all this to get around finally to the point that getting up to a top 40 pick again could be more valuable in this draft than in subsequent drafts later on. Yeah, and you mentioned the NFL too, the differences. And obviously the NFL, you've got seven rounds. You've got 90 players on a training camp roster and 50 you're going to make the team. And you can kind of move guys in and out. NBA, you're only going to have five guys on the team at a time, maybe nine or ten plays. So obviously some little differences. And I think most teams... Second round, you're either looking for a guy that's ready to go as a role player right away, or you're looking for kind of a developmental project. Most of the time, second round picks, 
they're kind of just flyers on guys that you think have high upside. But if you do your homework and you scout well and you develop like the Hornets have done the last few years and have a plan in place, there's no reason you can't get contributors in the second round. And I think to your point about kind of guys slipping through the cracks the last year, the season two years ago cut short, no McDonald's All-American game, no NCAA tournament. This past season, everything's a little off because you've got weird COVID protocols that guys aren't necessarily used to, isolations, games being canceled, you know, things just weird stuff happening. So it's hard to get a full feel of some of these guys that maybe the guys that are on sort of in JT Thor's mold that didn't play a whole lot of games at Auburn that kind of still have a long way to go physically to develop. Maybe they slipped through the cracks a little bit. And I think that's maybe what happened here. And one more thing about the NFL, obviously you're drafting guys that are much more physically developed at that point. They're 22, 23 years old. They've kind of grown into the bodies a little bit more. NBA, these guys are still 18, 19. They're just kind of hitting that physical maturation. So interesting compare and contrast there. But yeah, you know, it's been kind of a challenging year for scouting the last two years, really. So hopefully uh, the Hornets will be the beneficiary of, like you said, a guy potentially slipping through the cracks. And fortunately, the consensus, at least right now, and again, I would rather look back five years from now and say, okay, now we know for sure from draft night to today, the reviews have been quite good for what Mitch Kupchak and crew were able to do here with the Charlotte Hornets. All right. Without further ado, it's time to introduce you to J.T. Thor, the Hornets' second-round pick out of Auburn, joins us next here on the HHC. Be sure to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center, now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of J's. It's an easy trip on the light rail, or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 at HornetsFanshop.com. Welcome back to the Hornets Hivecast. Time now to introduce second round pick for the Charlotte Hornets, J.T. Thor out of Auburn University. J.T., welcome to Charlotte how does this moment feel? Your first time here in the Queen City. What's it like to be a Hornet? Oh, uh, this is actually my second time. I lived here for a month in like 2018, so so it's like a reunion kind of. But um, it feels so real. The moment is crazy. And we're going to talk about all the places you've lived because you you've had quite the journey getting to back here now to Charlotte. One thing I got to point out: this is obviously audio, so people can't see, but you have the Hornets colors for your suit. Is this a coincidence? Did you have a feeling you were coming to Charlotte? Tell me about the suit. All coincidence. All, right. all coincidence. It is a crazy coincidence, I guess. God's plan. I guess God knew. <laughs> Couldn't match the colors any better. It's awesome. Mentioned the travel part of your history. Born in Omaha, Nebraska, you grew up in Anchorage, Alaska. And your Twitter bio says you're from Rage City, Alaska. Nickname for Anchorage. What about being from Rage City helps shape you, defines you? Why is that something you rep, even though you've lived a lot of different places coming up? That's where I spent most of my childhood. All my friends in my neighborhood, that's where I I still talk to them today. Um, They were with me yesterday, so they're like my bros. It just made me. The environment, the school I went to, how I grew up. I used to go to the favorite rec every single day just for everything, every activity, basketball, lounging, anything. So so I say that neighborhood in, my, in that city made me. And Alaska, we've seen from the Olympics how excited they get when one of their own does something big with uh, Lydia Jacoby winning a gold medal. So how do you think folks were back in Anchorage seeing you drafted to the Hornets here? Pretty crazy, pretty crazy. Not a lot of people get to get this opportunity. So it's just a blessing for me to be, even be in this position. Now, with all the moves you've made, you lived in West Virginia, playing on the prep circuit, Georgia for high school, go to Auburn. You've had a lot of great coaches and programs. One thing you maybe haven't had as much of is consistency. How excited are you now to hopefully have some of that here with a coaching staff that has a really good 
proven development program that you can take advantage of? It means a lot. This is the opportunity that I've been waiting for. I knew coming in this draft, I knew I was young. I knew I just needed the team to, to believe in me and, and the rest, I was going to take care of it. So, so it's just, it just a blessing and opportunity for me to seize. In terms of what you can bring to the table from day one, watching your highlights, you got a huge wingspan, one of the longest in the draft, but that ability to guard inside and outside on the perimeter. What is it about your game that you feel you can contribute day one to Charlotte? My versatility on offense and defense. I know guys like Melo, he's a great playmaker. He's going to bring, he's going to draw crowds in. So I'm going to shape out to the three, hit the, hit the open shot. On defense, I can be able to switch off the pick and roll not be a liability on that on on that on that type of schemes so being that great energy and high motor back and forth i know i got great length so i can use that to my advantage and long term where do you feel your your ceiling is or you might not even feel you have a ceiling but what are some players that you see in the nba that parts of your game you're trying to emulate or take from a lot of players like kevin durant i know he's a real special player i don't like to take that lightly well kevin durant Giannis Antetokounmpo. brandon ingram just because their length quickness and their uh, and their size i feel like if i work to that level i can get there and sky's the limit. Well, JT, we really appreciate you stopping by. And again, the suit game is on point. You were ready. You were destined to be a Hornet. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you. We'll have more on JT Thor after this on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Sam Farber and Sam Purley back here with you on the HHC. Thanks again to JT Thor for joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast for his maiden voyage on the HHC. Sam, your initial takeaways from hearing from the youngster out of Auburn. Well, two things that stood out to me is obviously the backstory is really fascinating. I think his parents were originally uh, South Sudanese immigrants born in Nebraska, lived in Alaska. I don't know how big the basketball scene is in Alaska. I have to imagine it's somewhat limited. And then went to high school, I think, in West Virginia, went to Georgia, high school in Georgia, and then Auburn. So I think it's a really good point you brought up about the consistency and coaching styles. I mean, traveling around and having different coaches and different playing schemes and just moving around, that's a lot. That's a lot on a young player. And I think it's one of the things that's really going to benefit LaMelo Ball this year, too. Just having consistent coaching, consistent system, just terminology is all the same. So I think it's encouraging that JT was able to adapt to so many different environments, moving around so much as he was in his high school years. But I think he's really going to benefit from kind of being in one location or one system, one organization for an extended period of time and really kind of see what he can do. And the other thing, too, you mentioned length. I mean, the length is uh, kind of a consistent theme from the Hornets' entire draft process this year. They had three guys that had over seven-foot wingspans. And I think JT was maybe second of all the prospects, so over seven feet. So the Hornets really struggled last year against teams that were long and lengthy. Milwaukee, Philadelphia, they need size and need length. And I think not necessarily that JT is going to alleviate that issue right off the bat, but maybe further down the line, he can be a guy that can kind of help them really on the defensive end, getting into passing lanes, disrupting shots, um, rim protection. And he mentioned himself, I think his versatility is great. I think there's a chance that he could be a guy that can guard threes out on the wing, guard twos out on the wing. Maybe if he gets a little bit bigger and stronger, he could be a small ball five, could be a stretch four. I think there's a lot of different routes you can go with him. And I think that's what you want when you get a draft prospect is you want to be able to have a number of different things he can do and a different number of different routes that you can take. So I think there's a lot of possibility in terms of how he can contribute to this team. 
Let's start with how he can contribute right away. I like one of your points also on the development side, too, but let's start with right away. Watching his tape, unlike Kai Jones, who was always coming off the bench for Texas, and albeit he was sixth man of the year, so he had a very prominent role, but JT was a starter for Auburn. Not the strongest year for a currently pretty strong program under Bruce Pearl uh, over there at Auburn. They were about a 500 team overall, uh, did not make the NCAA tournament, but JT was a starter. He had several games where he was a, a fairly big point contributor, went for 24 at Kentucky. One thing that I think is notable about him for someone his size, his length, he's 6'10", he can be a legit 3 and D guy in the NBA, and he was a three-point shooter for Auburn in more than half of his games, he was attempting at least three threes. So that means it's a part of your game. So he is definitely a three-point shooter. Didn't shoot a great percentage last year, just a hair under 30%. But in his biggest games, it was obviously a big part of him. Yeah, I think one of the things he mentioned at his press conference was somebody asked him, what was what did you do during your workout? I think it worked out here in early July, maybe. What did you do during that workout that maybe got you on the radar, made the Hornets, you know, the appealing to the Hornets? And he said, you know, that he thinks he's just improving. He's improved since the Auburn season ended in whatever it was, mid-March. I think he said his shot mechanics have gotten better. He's a little bit more polished, kind of going through this pre-draft process, kind of ironing things out. Not saying that's, you know, those are kind of short-term things. There's still a lot of long-term growth needed, but I think it's encouraging that you're not asking a guy that didn't shoot at all under any circumstances at Auburn to come in. We want you to be a stretch four. It's already part of his game. He shot a lot. Yeah, that's good. That's encouraging. Now, the percentage is something that you can work on next and whether it's shot selection whether it's mechanics whether it's just not being surrounded with a ton of NBA talent at Auburn you know that could be part of it they kind of zone in on you a little bit so I think it's really really encouraging that it's part of his game it's just kind of okay now how can we get that 29% up to a 35% you get that 35% as a 6'10 guy out on the wing that plays a 3-4 I mean that's going to open up everything not just for you around the rim but your teammates as well and that's what the uh, Hornets ultimately, I'm sure, hope transpires. And with his size and length, I mean, unless you put two NBA centers on top of each other, you're not going to block his shot. Yeah, he, he his three point shot is he is open at all times. He can t- shoot at whatever he wants to with his size and length. The other thing I think he could immediately contribute is defensively. You mentioned he he needs to put some weight on him. He is a very slender young man, not surprising at his age when they come out at 18 19 years old at those heights they tend to be very very thin so if he's going to defend fours and fives in the NBA I think that's a stretch but I think we could see him in spots defensively on the perimeter we we saw that in a lot of his highlights he's able to get in the passing lanes with his length disrupt things he just seems to have a knack for it I'm not saying he's going to come in as a defensive stopper all the time but I could see it being part of his role with the Hornets if he builds into one in his rookie season yeah I think he reminds me a little bit I think they're different games reminds me a little bit of Jalen McDaniels because when Jalen McDaniels came in same kind of concerns he has got a three-point stroke he's got a a lot of length. He's got size, got a little ball handling. But the biggest thing with Jalen was right out of the bat, you kind of knew it was a physicality. He had to put some weight on. Um, and I think you saw it this past season, kind of towards the end of the year. He was holding his own, particularly guarding threes defensively. So 
you know, he still has a little ways to go, but th- it, that's stuff that can be fixed. That's stuff that's going to kind of naturally happen. You're going to naturally get bigger. You're going to get in the weight room, especially being just 18 years old. You got a lot of room to grow. So I think as the physicality comes, the size, I mean, who knows? He could put on, he could keep growing up vertically as well and even and not just horizontally. So you know, we could be back here in a year and he's, you know, over seven feet. So, you know, that's the stuff you can fix. I think he's just, like I said, a lot of raw potential, a lot of skills. It's just kind of about what he, can do, I guess, to contribute to the team. And there's, a, like I said, a lot of different routes you can go with this. In terms of the long term, he he is he does seem to be more on the project side than the polished side of the equation. Uh, and he joins a group with Kai Jones, Vernon Carey Jr., Nick Richards, in terms of bigs who kind of fit that mold. They were not expected to come in and immediately start. This year, there will probably be more, I don't want to say pressure, let's call it more opportunity for Vernon Carey and Nick Richards to step into a role at the center position and just get more minutes on the floor. But long term, how do you think JT Thor fits into this group of young, extremely talented and physically gifted bigs that the Hornets are hoping will progress. I think if all goes well, and this isn't just a perfect scenario, I think he ends up being kind of a four that can go back and forth between the three if you want to go big and kind of guard some of those kind of guys out on the wing, or he could play a small ball five at some point as well. But I think kind of four is maybe his natural position. I mean, like you said, it's hard for big guys, especially young big guys, to come into the league and make a contribution. It just is. It's the physicality is, a, is kind of the thing that I think we saw this last year with Vernon. You know, he had flashes, but I think what ultimately kind of got him was the physicality going against some of these bigger guys like Yusuf Nurkic and DeAndre Jordan and guys like that. It's just it takes a long time for centers to develop strictly just because of the size and the defense. This is the center, you're the one that is kind of anchoring the defense, directing things. You're kind of the center point basically underneath the basket and kind of seeing where things develop. And defense is, is hard to pick up. It's all reactionary and you got to be quick. And that's stuff that just takes time, but there's no reason it can't happen for JT. But I think kind of right out of the bat I could see him being a stretch four something like that or a four that can play inside and out so a lot to work with for sure we're excited to have him in the building and uh, got to find out where he's getting his suits because you know he is really got he got the color palette on day one so very impressive there JT Thor latest member of the Hornets off this 2021 draft class we've got one player left to talk about Scotty Lewis he gets his podcast in tomorrow's edition of the HHC. Till next time, thanks to Sam Purley, as always, for joining us. Thank you for having me. And our thanks to all of you for tuning in. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.